Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Quincy Valentine and welcome to the Valentine Experience. We're back again for episode four and I say we as in me. Yes, we're back again for episode four. This episode is going to be a little different than the previous episodes. So without further ado, I want to get right into it. So like I said previously in the intro, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little closer to the heart. It is something that I've thought about for a little bit and trying to find the perfect words to kind of address this. Uh, this I'm going to call it a plague. And the reason why I'm calling it a plague is a, it's a thought process that at least one to two people um, that probably in your circle has this antiquated way of thinking. And as I grow older and I learn more, I'm learning that I don't know shit. Let's start there. But also, uh, we have to treat people better. And growing up in a diverse home uh, where my brother was part of or is part of the LG, <laughs> LGBTQT. Uh, plus community, and so is my mother. It's interesting on perspectives and how my perception of toxicity and the toxicity that we deal with on a consistent basis, and I'm speaking us as in, and you know I'm always speaking to my people because <clears throat> I'm a strong believer that um, if you know better, you do better. And growing up in a, in a household where both uh, have different sexual preferences as then myself and my youngest brother how i look at things and how i perceive things when it comes when it comes to that is a lot different um it's it, it's interesting because we are extremely homophobic as a community we don't we're not welcoming we think we can pray the gay away or we think that we can beat it out of them. It's interesting because, and it's not to divulge personal information from my family, but understanding that my brother went through shit for his life choices and he was ridiculed and mistreated and not given a fair chance at a lot of things due to the fact of his sexual preference. And looking at him, he's probably one of the most, is the most brave black man I've I've ever encountered. He is by far, he deals with his indiscretions internally. And when he can't deal with them, he just, he allows himself to be, he allows himself to, to, to lay at the podium for others to, to learn from his life lessons. And that is something that I respect and admire from him so much. He is by far, by far, a uh, a reason why I consistently look him, both of my brothers actually, are the reasons why I consistently look in the mirror every day and I want to do better for myself. 
even though they are, are of age, one is about to be uh, 31 and the other one is going to be 30. They are the reasons why I look to be better each and every day. Um, granted, we we grew up in a single parent household and that um, we didn't always have the greatest, but we always had each other. So that in itself is very personal for me. I get even uh, worked up. I get a little worked up about it because if they knew, excuse me, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. If they knew how much they meant to me and how much they pushed me to be a better man. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut for a break to gather myself and I will be back shortly. And I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a little worked up. Uh, Dealing with the internal motions. Uh, obviously, I told you this episode is gonna be a little, little different. Um, getting away from the uh, norm of the first previous episodes, um, but getting back into that, uh, we're extremely toxic, and we we prematurely label our children before they have a general understanding of what sexuality is. Um, my brother is probably. He's a, he's he's a case like he's a case that I've seen on many occasions, um, especially in the black community. Um, just by we, we put labels on people and we say, oh, because they talk this way or they walk this way or they dress a specific way that we automatically assume that their sexuality has been they they pretty much made up their mind. And these children can be anywhere between the age of two to, to 10 years old. But these kids are just being kids. And as adults, we have to do better. And we have to, we have to make sure that we protect our essence. And what I mean our essence is our children at any cost, from outside influences, as well as um, these labels that we may put on them. And I'm not a I'm not a person that believes in the Bible, but in the Bible it does say that the the the, the tongue is like a sword, right? And we speak a lot of negative things, extremely pessimistic about the things that we do or say and how we go about things. For it's interesting because as I got an older and I was a Prince fan, I am a Prince fan. God rest. Prince. His birthday passed a couple of days ago and Prince was so dope to me, but not because of his music, but he didn't succumb to what people's perspective was of him. And him being an androgynist, right? Him being into self-care, wearing makeup, wearing heels, he was confident in himself, right? But from an outside perspective, a lot of men believe that he was gay. 
right? So dealing with those type of labels, right, and that toxic masculinity, right, we automatically shun people out and we make them not feel inclusive. And how is that different than a lot of things that we struggle with on a day-to-day as a black culture, right? We, we want people to accept us for who we are and what we do and what we bring to the table. But at the same time, we get upset when people discriminate against us. I could not know what it feels like to be my younger brother and dealing with being a black man first and then being part of such a big community for being himself. And that's why I said I admire him because he has to fight two wars. See, essentially, I have to fight one. He, he, has to, he wakes up and he has to fight two wars consistently. So that's why I admire him so much. We have to get in a place where we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm sick and tired of us creating internal wars because of our our antiquated way of thinking the way we the way we go about things and and it's not just the black women it's not just the black men it's the black women too right i've seen it's 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 crazy cuz like i i go on social media and i see well i would never let my man wear that or i would never want him to wear something like that that's that's homo that's 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 gay no, you know what's gay is a man and a man having sex or a woman and a woman having sex. That's gay, right? Anything outside of that is not gay. These labels, these 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 labels are no different than when you see a man walking down the block and he has his pants down, halfway down. Or because I have long hair and I have it braided up, I'm a thug, right? There's no different. But the problem is, is that we we have been oppressed so long that we don't know how to not oppress others. It's sickening, and I'm tired of seeing it, honestly. When I see people speak on, well, well, the cops would stop killing us if there wasn't black on black crime. Mm, you sound stupid. How about this? People, and, and you can look it up, people kill people that's in close proximity to them, right? And nine times out of ten, when you live in a neighborhood, right, you live in a neighborhood that you feel most comfortable with that reflects your ethnicity, your life value, whatever it is, you live in that said community. And because you live in that said community, you're more than likely to interact with those people so to say that there's black on black crime, we didn't coin that phrase. They coined that phrase, they monopolized it, and then they put it on the news, right? But we look stupid saying, it. oh, well, there's black on black crime. If we stop killing each other, then they'll stop killing us. No, that's not how that works. Because even before the black on black crime was a thing, they were killing us. So to make those statements, that tells me a lot about you. I don't say much. I just I just look at you. I just say, oh, okay, well, blocked. Yeah. I say what I say, and then I block you. 
because it's just it it's nasty. We don't know how not to be oppressed. And a wise man knows when he doesn't know anything. Uh, I don't know shit about the world, but the little bit that I've obtained to this point, I try to give it out in bits and pieces. My mother always used to say that information is supposed to be fed a spoonful at a time. And when you drink a cup of knowledge, you tend to miss the message. I just hope people don't miss what I'm saying or misconstrue what I'm saying. Right. I want people to understand that labeling somebody prematurely or not having a conversation with them and their understanding and their stance points, it is doing nothing but hurting both parties. We need to take the time out to articulate what we are feeling. Right. A lot of people have grown up in households, my myself included, grew up in households where when it was time to talk. We did. My brothers and I had our own room. And I, I think as an adult, it affects me now because I like to be in solitude a lot. My brothers and I only interacted at night and we would have conversations about how the hell are we going to get out of here and how are we going to do things when we got older. So that bond to this day, although it has altered, is still the same. We still check on each other periodically. We have in-depth conversations. Myself and my younger brother, we have children. You know, he has a son and I have a daughter. So the conversations are a little bit more different. And then my other brother, you know, he's living his life. So when the conversations are had, they're they're more in-depth conversations about how is your mental today? How are you feeling? How, How is it that you can get better? And then we look at opportunities for one another to flourish in in the avenues that we have chosen. Um, it takes nothing to support, right? It takes it takes just a mustard seed, and we, and I speak now, not no longer speaking about my brothers, but we as people, we have to get to a place where. Even if you don't necessarily agree with certain standpoints, we have to stop chastising ourselves out on the front line. And what I mean by that is my grandmother used to say something. I would do something out in public. I would go to the grocery store, do anything. And I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys can relate to it. I would act out in public or do something. And my grandmother said, wait till we get home. Wait till we get home. I'm going to show you, boy. And I still have that general understanding, but as far as how I utilize it, it's way different. I'm so, so sorry, guys. Uh, Micah went a little haywire, but I'm back. I left off on how I utilize the the method of my, how my grandmother would chastise me or give me a life lesson and she would always go boy wait till we get home wait till we get home and once i got home it was either a she would have a stern talking to me or b i would get a lashing now nine times out of ten you know the conversation would happen and the conversation would be like why 
first first and foremost, she would ask me why did I act out, right? Why did I not necessarily agree with said reason that she had given me why I couldn't have this or why I couldn't do this and why I can do that? And then the conversation would go more in depth and she would be more on the lines of, well, you need to do this in order to obtain this. Or if you want this, you have to work for this. And I feel like we should do that in our in our day-to-day life. If you see somebody misspeaking or or uh not necessarily agreeing with whatever you said or whatever they may have said, don't take the time to write on their social media wall. Don't take the time to chastise them in front of them. If you are a manager, a supervisor, or whatever, don't do it in front of everybody. Pull them to the side and say, hey, listen, could could I get a couple of minutes of your time? Okay, cool. If they agree, then have that conversation with them. Have that open dialogue. If they don't agree, it's fine. You can agree to disagree. But a lot of times if you ask someone, hey, listen, you got a couple minutes of your time. Could I just talk to you? That's a 10. They're going to sit down and actually have a conversation with you. And that conversation should, you know, and I can't give you the blueprint on what should be said or how it should be said. But the conversation should be like, hey, you know, I, I seen that you said X, Y, Z. Why do you feel that way? And then get a real introspective idea on how, like, and how and the how and the why. And the why should always come with anything, right? And then once you get to that why, and then if you don't agree with it, you continue to probe and continue to have that conversation until you find exactly what this emotion is stemming from. And then you will give your rebuttal. Or if you agree, you concur, and then you move forward. And then you find a way to work as a unit. We don't do that. What we do is we beat each other down in front of everybody to see. And it shows that we have no no, no cohesive front. And if a lot of you go to church, you guys say, well, the enemy sees that. The enemy sees that. He feels it. But as we walk on this earth, it's the same difference. We have to show a united front, even if you don't agree. As Republican, Independent, Democrat, whatever you whatever you pledge your allegiance to, we have to show a united front. No matter what it is. You don't condemn that person, you educate that person. If they seem like they're hurting, if it comes from a personal place, you have that you have that conversation with them. You don't say, Well, bitch, you stupid. Fuck out of here. Because what happens is now it creates animosity and whatever they were feeling now is turned in your direction. Now, when you're willing, when you're willing and ready to have that conversation, that person's not ready to have that conversation. So you have to be mindful of the things that you say to people and how you treat people. People never, ever, ever. And this is from personal experience. People never, ever forget how you make them feel. They may forget everything that you may have said to them, right? They they may forget the times and the dates, but that emotional distress that you caused them, they will always remember that. This is this episode right here was something that I had to get off of my chest 
because I seen so much happening. And it's going to be one of my shorter episodes, but it's an honest episode. It's from the heart. And I just really had to get that out while it was still fresh on my mind. So you guys stay blessed. Don't let anybody disrupt your energy. Don't let nobody pull from your essence. And continue to be great and let the universe bless you. You guys have been awesome. (laughs) Until next episode, I bid you adieu.